Welcome right. to Rat Style Review. Hi, Lou. Hi, Wayne. Party on. How you doing? I'm doing just wonderful. Today's Lovely. been so, so fun. I just, you know, today's like the best day I've ever had in my entire life. Yes, nothing that could ruined by nothing nothing that could be ruined by a bunch of ticks in the lawn, right? No. Nope. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> nothing. Uh t- today we are joined by Alex Rapetti. And Alex, you have a ton of bands. <laughs> you have uh, Tension Rising, Infinite Spectrum, and then a new one that you started uh, I think not too long ago, right? Um Plant-Based yeah. Metal. Yes. And that one you do with your uh, your girlfriend, so Yes. We'll talk a little bit about that one, but um uh, what we're going to talk about right now uh, is actually, you know, how I met you first. Uh, okay. We met through a mutual friend, Stan. Yes. And if he's going to shout watch, out to Stan, do you think he's going to watch this show? I don't think he watches this show. I'll tell him to watch it. Does anybody watch this show other than us? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> we're trying, people. We're giving you good content. We're giving you good shit. Sometimes it depends. It depends. But we have good content here. Alex, Alex is yes. here. And uh, he is, uh, me and him have been talking. Actually, I met Alex, like I said, through Stan, our mutual friend. And uh, the way that came about is he uh, actually suggested Alex to mix my uh, my band's album. So we've been working with Alex, and he did a really good job on the album and everything. And uh, me and Alex Thank have been you. working on all the cover songs that we've been doing on Rat Style Review. And, uh, more to come. Yep, about plenty yes. more to come. For a while, at least. I don't know how much longer <laughs> I can take it. <laughs> Found a good core with me, uh, George, and and Lisa. Yeah, yeah. Now if we and Ralph, of course, too. Now if we could just find a better drummer. No, I'm just kidding. You're fine, right? <laughs> I know a couple. Let us see what happens. But uh, I know people who know people who know people who know someone. Exactly. But uh, yeah, Alex, you've been doing a great job on all the covers and you know fixing oh, all the mistakes you. and everything. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. And even talking. Well, it's been a lot of fun. You're yeah. one of the few people who know how to make my guitar sound good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't make it very difficult oh well i appreciate that thanks that's not what he told me <laughs> shut up wayne <laughs> continue your line of questioning so all right so since uh i got to you through uh mixing and stuff so how did you get involved with doing mixing what made you want to get into that you know i never thought i was going to actually get into mixing and production i was always more of like a composer performer And, um, you know, after a lot of years of doing that and uh, working with different people, mixing what I was doing and just kind of sitting and watching other people do it, you know, it just seemed really interesting. And, um, you know, I think what really made me want to start, though, was not even to mix stuff myself, but I wanted to understand how it worked better so I could tell people mixing my music what I wanted Mm. because I found that I, I didn't have the right vocabulary and understanding to like convey what I was hearing to the person mixing. And so I I felt like that was something I could fix on my end. So I started learning a little bit about it just um, to try and fill that gap. And then as I was doing it, I kind of found that I really liked it because it's kind of its own creative art in itself. Yeah. Did you study anywhere in particular? No, I'm self-taught. Um, I, I was doing my own thing for you know a couple of years, uh, just kind of seeing what I could come up with, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, you know, nowadays I feel like you can get a pretty good education in most fields just through Google, you know. Oh, uh, so you know, for a while I was just like watching whatever YouTube videos I could find and stuff, and then eventually I um, I subscribed to URM, 
uh, Nail the Mix, okay. which um, it's a pretty cool program. Any people who are interested in mixing uh, and feel like they could learn more, maybe take a look into that. It's a cool service. But, um, yeah, after doing that, I feel like I kind of really took off with, um, like, the, you know what it is? When you're self-taught, you don't know what you don't know yet. So you kind of mm. have to scour Google and forums and see what you can grab. But at least, you know, when you're watching um, something that's a little bit more like a curriculum, you, you know, you have a better idea. Like, okay. You know, I'm not good at this thing, so I need to get better at these three things to kind of improve that and so on and so forth. So, you know, yeah. But since then, uh, it's been a whole lot of fun. I've been, you know, working with different clients. Uh, the most recent full album I did was yours, Wayne. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was a that was a blast. Um, you know, I, I've found that, I mean, I still love writing my own music and performing, but it's like definitely become at least an equal passion of mine, like just mixing and producing other people's stuff. Mm. I have a lot of fun doing it because I feel like a lot of musicians, especially in the rock and metal world, um, they could use the hand, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I like being the person who can do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, that brings to mind um, Adam Dudkowitz of uh, Killswitch Engage because he, he's their drummer and he also produces their albums. He's produced albums for so many other bands. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't even name them all because there's so many. But, yeah, he's a busy uh, guy. Yeah, but he's probably like the guy that most comes to mind, and he's probably the most successful, I would say, in the entire genre of metalcore. I guess you, if you want, if that's what you want, to call it. it's just metal to me. It's good music, but right, you know, right. That's that's really cool you that mean, you branch though. out like yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, and you you do an awesome job for being self taught. I mean, oh, you would never even know, you know, it's because you know you got people that got to go to a, a school to learn all this stuff, yeah. and then you know. To, to hear somebody like you, you just do it on your own. Just like I, I told myself how to play, play drums. I never took lessons in my life, you know? So yeah. I think sometimes, sometimes in a way, I think you learn a little bit better when you're kind of doing it on your own, you know? You've never yeah. taken a drum lesson in your life, Wayne? No. Mm -mm. I had school, like regular school. Like we had like um, a music class. So, you know, I, I learned a little bit from there. But no, I never went to like an actual person to teach me. Interesting. That's incredible. Yeah. I actually learned playing on my bed. I, I I bought like uh, remember the hit sticks back in the day. Ah, I had a pair of hit sticks. Yeah, yeah. Once I, I go to that little like amplifier. a little speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I disconnected that wire and then I used the sticks and hit them on my on my bed, pretending like it was a drum kit. I lost the one stick, so I just pretended I was in Def Leppard. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. No. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I learned. But uh, yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And like I said, you did an awesome job on our album, uh, probably oh, better than you. what we could have done. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy with what you did, and uh, I really appreciate. And I'm happy to actually get here, sit here, and talk to you. Uh, get to see your face instead of typing on. Yeah, the, right. We chat you know, all the time, but we haven't actually uh, spoken or seen right. each other live yeah, yeah. yet until now. What so. I've known about you for a, a long time because likewise, yeah, yeah, because. Yeah. Because of Stan, yep. And I remember your Infinite Spectrum uh, band when you started, yes. I think when you started with that. And he was showing all all the stuff that uh, you know you were doing. And I, Was he part of the band at one point or something? He wasn't in the band, but in our, like, probably our first year. Because actually, the way Infinite Spectrum started was uh, I was in college, and I met the guitar player, Alex Rakin. And we were both huge Dream Theater fans. And so we just figured, you know what, let's try and do something. And that same semester, we both also met Stan. 
Mm. Um, so I've actually known Stan as long as that band has existed, um, <laughs> like pretty much down to the day. And, um, yeah, you know, with Stan, uh, he was never specifically in the band, but I feel like he's been an honorary band member all along. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's even had some musical like writing contributions over oh, the years. Cool. Yeah. And our upcoming album actually has like a lot of his, um, like production ideas on it. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, good. Well, see, yeah, Stan, finally, cool. you get your stuff out there. <laughs> he yeah. shows me stuff all the time. <laughs> I know. He is the best, I feel like, the best composer you've never heard of. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, he comes up with a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. See, Stan, I, we talk good about you once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you are, but, I mean, hey, cheers. <laughs> well, actually, Stan was also going to be in my band, too, Lou. Uh, he was actually, when uh, I was with Pete... The first incarnation of the band, Stan was uh, the original singer, but he never sang anything. Oh. <laughs> he just stood there. He came to practice and he stood in the corner. I'm like, well, what oh, are you going to do? that was the guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alex, Wayne asked me if I would contribute, uh, and and I would have loved to, but at the time I didn't have uh, recording capability. Mm. I yeah. mean, I well, we just got the MacBook literally in, I got it from my wife uh, Christmas 2019, and... Oh. Yeah. You know, Wayne's invited me onto Ratside Review one time because he liked what I was doing on my podcast. And he's like, hey, you want to jump on this episode? We're doing the six worst metal album covers. And from then, it's just been like sporadic appearances. And and now I'm here and now I actually record the cover songs with him. And now I'm recording my own stuff. So I'm ready to record Project Resurrect Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Nice. We'll see how, how things play out. Uh, if my original guitarist proves to be more of a pain in the ass than he always, usually is, you might be the new guitarist. <laughs> what if he's watching this? I don't Uh-oh. care. Fuck you. <laughs> no. Fuck me? Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, we love Pete. We love Pete. Yeah, no, Pete is uh, one of my best friends. I never know if Wayne is just joking or casting a verbal hex on people. I swear. It's, maybe it's a little of both. Probably. Little of both. He's got that King's magic going on. Yeah. Get to the cabin. <laughs> so, oh, and he's wearing a Percival Fate shirt. Okay, yes, great. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so back to Infinite Spectrum. Uh, how long? How many albums have you done with them? Uh, so we have two full-length albums that have been released. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in 2012, and the other in 15 or 16. Okay. Um, and we have a third one that has been in the works for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, COVID slowed things down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably going to come out like by maybe the end of the year, early next year. All right, cool. Very yeah. cool. The album's done at this point. We're just like getting our ducks in a row with all the other stuff. Yeah. Now, are you on a label or anything with the with that band? Or? We were on Sensory Records for our second album, mm. um, and uh, that was cool. Shout out mm. to Ken; he's a good guy. Um, yeah, no, that was a good experience. Um, I know for a little while he shut down the label. Um, okay. He had his own um, unrelated to the label stuff going on that he had to take care of. But uh, I heard recently, actually, that he started it up again. So I'm glad to hear oh. that. But as of now, Infinite Spectrum's not on a label. We're, we're probably going to be shopping around pretty soon with the new record. Yeah. And shopping around for that uh, band. You're also shopping around for your the new <laughs> yes. Tension Rising thing, too, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit of a parallel thing going on right now. Two, two um, like, uh, created during COVID uh, albums. Right. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. different bands. Um, By the way, to interrupt, Infinite Spectrum is available on iTunes. Yes. Oh, I just uh, added everything to my music library. Oh, awesome. Cool. Looking forward to listening to it. Oh, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, that, that, it's, uh, those two bands are very different from each other, in my opinion. Uh, Infinite Spectrum started off as like like a passion project for me and Alex Rakin, who, um, at, especially then, I mean, we still are now, but especially then, you know, we were like 19, 20 years old, mm. and we, uh, we loved Dream Theater, and we wanted to do music like Dream Theater. So um, <laughs> that's how it started off. I mean, I yeah. think we've kind of grown into our own sound since then, of course, but yeah. that's how it started off. Yeah. Tension Rising is a little different. Um, Tension Rising, actually, I only joined that band in 2015. Yeah, okay. 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and shortly after the band had to go on hiatus, um, some crappy stuff happened to one of the band members. But... Um, about a year and a half. Well, I guess actually it's close to two years ago now. Uh, we finally kind of got back on the wagon with that. And mm. um, we uh, we very quickly wrote, recorded, and released um, our album Penumbra, which is the first one that I'm on from that band. Okay. And uh, I mixed and um, like produced that one. That was... Um, I'm pretty sure that's the first full-length album that I like had my hands fully in control of all the mixing and producing oh. for. Like I worked with people before mm-hmm. that, but that was the first one where it was um, all my work there, oh, yeah. and yeah. it was all uh, it was all handled at home, no expensive gear, very <laughs> completely homemade, um, like very low budget, and it was done. Probably like three quarters of the work for that one was done during lockdowns because of COVID. So it was oh, it was wow. interesting. Like we started writing and it was going really well, mm. and then I mean you guys know uh, everyone mm. knows, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we got it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had it. My wife had it twice. It sucks. Uh, uh, well, glad you uh, you're okay at least. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, but it was an interesting experience because, you know, we started writing. So we had maybe like a third of the album written or something like that. And then the lockdowns happened. So at first we were just going to put everything on hold. But then when it seemed like it wasn't going to change anytime soon, we were like, all right, you know, we have to figure out how to make this work remotely. Mm. So so we did. And, um, you know, thanks to stuff like Google Drive and WeTransfer and the other million versions of those things, um, which we talked about a little bit. Um, yes, yes, don't do <laughs> Nobody ever use Dropbox. That Dropbox sucks. <laughs> Dropbox that. isn't the pimple on the ass of the fly on the ass of the elephant when it comes to we transfer. <laughs> and no, we're not getting paid to say that. Fuck Dropbox. <laughs> Professionally endorsed by we transfer. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so we uh, we had to figure out how to, like, get everything done remotely, and it was a little bit of a tricky thing at first. Um, mm. But we made it work, and we put out the album. We were proud of it. Yeah. Um, and even just musically speaking, that was already kind of a big departure from what Tension Rising sounded like before. Oh, okay. Um, before I was in the band, 
they were very much sort of like a mix of like classic metal, classic rock, mm. uh, maybe a little bit of 90s even in there. Um, like a nice mishmash of 70s, 80s, 90s, I would say. <laughs> so you brought your progressive element in there then? Yeah, a little a lot bit. Of progressive yeah. Oh, yeah, especially in this upcoming this album that isn't out yet. Yeah, there's definitely more progressive stuff in there. That's just that's what comes out of me when I'm allowed yeah. to do it. Um, <laughs> but for um, for Penumbra, it's a little less progressive. There's, there's like little tastes of it in there. But we were trying to keep it like similar to the sound they had before, but just heavier. That was mm-hmm. like what they wanted out of it. Yeah. And it was, um, like I said, that was the first material I wrote with them. Before that, even when I was in the band, I let them handle the writing because I didn't want to like screw with their writing process. Right, right. Uh, but then when they asked me to be involved, that was another story. So, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it was cool. And uh, then this time around, um, I was heavily, heavily involved in the writing for the yeah. upcoming album that's not announced yet. Um, <laughs> until now, maybe. Um <laughs> But yeah, for that one, uh, I did a lot of the writing and I wrote, actually, I wrote all the lyrics on that one too, which oh, was, really? uh, that's, that's kind of new for me. I didn't actually do the lyric thing up until these last two Tension Rising albums. Oh, okay. Like all the years with um, Infinite Spectrum, that wasn't my thing. Mm. Uh, so, so that was, that was new for me. So how did you get involved with the band, with Tension Rising? Yeah, that's a cool story. Um So it goes back to when I was like maybe 15 or 16, something like that. Mm. Uh, We were just in high school and uh, we all were all the people who I knew who were musicians at the time who went to our school were all guitar players. There were no Mm. drummers, no bass players, (laughs) uh, hardly any singers. There were maybe a few guys who did like the Cookie Monster vocal type stuff. But um, but anyway, uh, we, we found this one drummer who went to a different school. And he was cool with people just coming over and jamming in the garage. Oh. Um, so I went and did that a bunch of times because it was awesome to like finally jam with people. Mm. And um, I met the now former, but the now uh, the guy, Nicky Van Page, who was the uh, Tension Rising lead guitar player all the way up until this year, actually. Mm. And um, mm. yeah, I've known him since I was like 15, 16 years old. We've always been in touch um, but I only jammed with him a few times at that time in my life. And then many years went by and, um, I joined in 15. So I guess it was around 2014 ish where, um, he had contacted me asking if I knew anyone who could help them record their album that they were working on at the time. I wasn't doing that yet. Mm. Um, but I, I recommended a friend of mine, actually Alex Rakin, the guitar player of Infinite Spectrum. I recommended him to do the recording for them and, you know, they were happy, but that's kind of when I reconnected with Nick a little bit. And, um, when they, uh, I, I was there when I kind of introduced Rakin and them because I don't think they had met before that. Mm. And, uh, and they were mentioning to me that, um, their bass player, totally amicable reasons or whatever, but he had left the band not too long before and uh, that they were just going to cover doing the bass themselves, um, which they did and they they did a pretty good job. But, um, but at that time I I offered to Nick saying, well, you know, if you guys can't find a bass player when you're doing shows, let me know. I could help out. Um, 
like a year later, they reached out, but not for just shows, but they wanted me to join the band entirely. Uh, I was a little busy. I was actually slightly reluctant <laughs> to do it at the time, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But but I wanted to help them out. I mean, I've known the guy since I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. Right. Right. So I joined. And at the time, it wasn't really exactly my genre of music either. I just liked the guys. Right. So um, that sort of explains maybe a little bit why I wasn't really involved in the writing process, too. It wasn't really my style of music. I didn't want to change what they had. Mm-hmm. I was just helping them out. Right. Uh, but obviously, it's evolved since then. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. I have so to long story short, listen. I met him in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just started that. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to go back. I actually, I thought this was your band too. I thought you started all these bands, but see how? Yeah, I'm not very good at uh, you know looking up history. And I should have asked you before we did the show too. But hey, yeah, that's I what the show is for. We learn. <laughs> I mean, especially with this most recent album, I'm I'm sort of the one like pushing things forward. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, yeah. I can definitely. I I hear your influences on this album. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, now, how was your mixing like when you first when you did that first Tension Rising uh, album with them? How is that compared to what you do now? Like, do, is there a huge improvement? Uh, well, I mean, I, people will have to listen and judge for themselves, I yeah. suppose. But, but yeah, I think that I've gotten a lot better since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I did really good for it being extremely low budget. Uh, we were all using like wonky recording equipment and. <laughs> Um, like the lockdowns had just started, so we couldn't even get new strains and stuff like that, you know? Right, right. So, um, we just worked with what we had and there's a lot of guesswork going on. Um, obviously like even for the vocals, like, you know, he was having to track like in his basement, mm. you know, there's no treatment or anything. So, you know, it's not an optimal situation, but right. we, we did what we could with it. And I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it even now, but, um, but yeah, this time around, even though it was still done entirely in lockdown, we went into it with a much better game plan, and, you yeah. know, some better equipment. And I essentially, because I couldn't be in the room to help sort of like coach and produce anyone while they were performing, they mm-hmm. actually kept me on Skype. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I, I literally sat there on Skype with them, kind of coaching them through the recording. Oh, wow. So That's... that was an interesting experience for me. Yeah. If you don't mind me saying, it actually sounds like, a record that could be released on, like, let's say, a nuclear blast. I think it That's sounds a huge that good. Compliment. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, um, Wayne. I don't think we can give too much away about the recordings. Well, it's up to Alex. Up to the me. only thing. The only thing we can't really give away is maybe like the uh, the actual songs or whatever. You could talk about it though. Uh, well, I just want to say it was my first listen to your band it was my first time listening to it and it reminded me of so many bands that i love in an original package like i could hear like soil work in it i could even mm. hear depeche mode in the vocals mm. you know and like the way that it was produced and mixed holy fuck so <laughs> oh, i'll leave you. it at that thank you no, i really appreciate that that's a huge compliment no problem yeah, no, it, it is really good. I've been listening to it for the last couple of days now. And, uh, yeah, you're like Lou says, your mixing and stuff is just, you know, it's it's awesome. On here, you really did an excellent job. You know? Thank you. I think Thank you. If anybody really wants to get their band to sound really good, please call Alex. Hire Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I'm you going guys. to. Thank Everyone you. else I know is retired with wives and kids and mortgages <laughs> and 
for first time divorces. So I'm hiring Alex. <laughs> I look forward to that. I already mixed a lot of your performances already. So, yeah. And he liked it. I do. I do. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. So you know, like you said, you're you're searching for a label for this, and uh, yes. yeah, I I really hope you find something because uh, I don't see how there's there, there won't be somebody that's going to grab it, you know. And hopefully, yeah. like Lou says, nuclear blast. I mean, that would be awesome. That would you know? be amazing. Yeah. So uh, I hope that you get some, that's a dream. some big label. <laughs> it is. It is a dream. But we'll see what happens. You know, it's yeah, tough. yeah, it's tough, especially now. I mean, I, I can it's imagine it's really competitive right now. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I mean, thankfully now tours and everything are starting to come up. Mm-hmm. I see uh, Alice Cooper just has something, and then Lou, you just bought the Genesis tickets and Ramstein tickets. That's well, right. Yes, the, oh, the the Ramstein tickets are a uh, graduation gift for my eldest niece, who just graduated from Iona. Oh, I hope she'll we'll watch the show. I didn't just spoil a surprise. No, nah, she don't care for what I do. But <laughs> she is my late brother's daughter, and she's like you know, she's like my daughter. So I'm happy to do this. I took her to Ramstein for uh, her high school graduation. That was at Jones Beach. This time it's at MetLife Stadium. And uh, for my wife, mm-hmm. but yeah, I got we we're going to see Genesis in December, and apparently we're going to possibly see Billy Joel as long as like MSG doesn't uh, decide to reschedule for the third time. And uh, yeah, wow. Ace Frehley just announced that he's going on the road with us. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Kiss announced uh, two. Uh, we don't give a fuck about Kiss, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So it, it looks like the shows are starting to come back, and you know, yeah. hopefully yeah. that'll be good for the labels as well because now they have yeah, so. kind of income and the bands have income and everything again. So, yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what labels have you sent your stuff to, though? Can you give us a hint? Oh, uh, hmm. I don't remember all of them at the moment. If I'm being honest, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, some cool. But, like, you do remember, uh, like some see. some ones that you would. Uh, you would like to really get on? Well, you already mentioned Nuclear Blast. I mean, that's yeah. a dream. I, I've been following that label since I was a kid. Um, Just about my whole collection's from Nuclear Blast. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, well, you know what? We are chatting with um, Sensory Records okay. um, right now. Um, who else? There are a lot of labels out there that are specializing in like progressive metal. I mean... Inside yeah. Out, I think they have uh, Inside Out, thing. yeah, right. Yeah, and you know I think they I have Derek Sherinian too. To yeah, they do have Derek. Yeah, no, they're great. I, I love Inside Out. I'm I'm a fan of probably ninety percent of the music they put out. <laughs> um, you may want to jump on possibly finding a marketing uh, specialist for college radio to help bring you into the loud rock scene. You know, you can look up like uh, McGaffey, or you can look up skateboard marketing. You know okay. they're in, independent, and you know they're a lot. A lot of times, labels actually hit them up to market their material to college radio, mm. and other times it's independent artists, and that's how they get discovered. So you may want to take a look at that. Mm, that's a good idea. I'm gonna message you about that afterwards. <laughs> All right, no problem. Are you on social media? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think you just added me. Oh, crap. you did add me, and I accepted. <laughs> yeah, you. like a day or two ago. Yeah. <laughs> Lose, lose a little slow. I saw the name pop up in my <laughs> I, recommended uh, friends, and I was like, "That's that's that's the guy." <laughs> that's the me. <laughs> and Wayne, yes, I am a little slow. I, I, there's not enough hours in a day, and there's not enough coffee in the world to fill me up. <laughs> Relatable. 
But no, that's Thank that's you. what I like about having Lou on the show because he is very knowledgeable because he worked on MTV and and you worked in your, your uh-huh. college radio thing. What for MTV? Yeah, not yeah, yeah. MTV. I'm not, you know what I mean. But you know, the only with, man who passed him. the kidney stone while helping to uh, associate direct the VMA in 2005. <laughs> really? I said, don't oh, call the fucking ambulance yet. Wait till it's over. <laughs> oh man. As they wheeled me out in the gurney, I got the slow clap, so I'm proud of that. <laughs> you, got, you had to go uh, on a gurney? Dude, you can't walk when you're passing the kidney stone. Bullshit, I was driving a truck at work when I passed mine. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sucks to see you. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. That is the worst pain ever, isn't it? I can think of other things, but... <laughs> <laughs> like having your gallbladder removed, that's... You know, yeah, that's... Uh... My wife is yelling at me because she was like, I told you not to eat the weary, weary pepper. That's 300,000 Scoville units. It wasn't the pepper. All <laughs> about it just went septic. It happened. It, it was on its own. <laughs> Hopefully just once. And then it's gone. I never thought this conversation would turn that way, but have you ever passed a kidney stone, Alex? <laughs> I... <laughs> I didn't want no. you to feel left out. <laughs> I, I have not. I have What's not. your favorite Tool album? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's, I wish I had George on. <laughs> that is the running joke of Rod Salad Review. <laughs> oh, oh man. Too funny. But uh, you're a huge fan of Dream Theater. Why? I mean, what what got you into Dream Theater? Why? <laughs> I'm not saying that as a bad thing, because I, when, uh, like, Pull Me Why? Under. Why? <laughs> no, but, like, Pull Me Under came on. That was humongous, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's all I would listen to by them, you know? And then I got that album, that Images and Words. I mean, that mm-hmm. whole thing from the beginning to the end is just phenomenal. It's one of the yeah. all-time best albums ever. So, I agree. Like, no your, argument. Yeah. What was your ex- lead into uh, Dream Theater? Well... I only started. You see when Dreamer Day Unite, you're a liar. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's a good album though. I it like is. It. No, that's a good album. No, um, I was only two years old for that album. So. Yeah, um, younger than us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I I didn't find Dream Theater until I was already learning how to play guitar. Oh, um, okay. Before. I didn't actually start like doing anything musical in my life until I was about 16. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, pretty late start. Okay. And um, I started off because I was a huge Led Zeppelin fan and I wanted to play like Jimmy Page. But that's okay. where I started. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've moved a long way from there since, but I still <laughs> love Jimmy Page. Um, yeah, who doesn't? But um, yeah, I started around then. And at the time... Uh, some of my friends who were musicians uh, started recommending me music. Mm. Um, and I started finding like, oh, I really like metal. I wasn't into metal before that. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, like maybe a couple of random hits that were on the radio, but yeah. I, I didn't really know anything about metal. And uh, I started really liking it because it was fun to play on guitar. Mm. And um, from there... You know, I was already a big fan of, like, classic rock and classic prog rock, you know, uh, Yes and Rush and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, my my friend, um, he, he said, like, you know, if you really like Metallica and Yes, you have to check these guys out. 
<laughs> and it was Interesting. Dreamcatcher. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and I think that's a pretty apt comparison, especially um, depending what song you listen to. Depending what song, maybe what album, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. Funny that he drew that parallel because they've opened for Yes and they've covered Metallica. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I, I listened. I think the first song I heard of theirs was. It wasn't Pull Me Under. It was. Um, Shoes from the if same you're album. Six, if you're saying that you discovered them at 16 and you were born in 88, 89, then I'm going to say it was somewhere between Train of Thought and Octavarium. Yeah, I, I found I got into Dream Theater like right as Train of Thought came out. Okay, um, wow. so is it a good guess that maybe As I Am was the song that got you into them? It was Endless Sacrifice. Ah, uh, okay. Endless Sacrifice. That is, that is, that's all. Yeah, he sent that one first because I had just told him like a few days before that I was enjoying playing some of the clean guitar stuff from Metallica, mm. like Fade to Black and things like that. And he was like, oh, you know what? This kind of sounds like that. Check this out. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, I liked it a lot. Um that song doesn't really quite sound like a lot of their material, which was interesting because it was the first one I heard, but yeah. I loved it. I played it on loop for days. <laughs> um, I couldn't wrap my head around how to play that stuff. And yeah. um, at the time, I didn't understand how like odd time signatures work or any of that. So right. it was just like, I couldn't even like follow it. It was just, it sounded awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um that kind of set me off on my path to learn more about like the inner workings of how, uh, like, uh, how like music theory works cause, uh, for all the prog stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I couldn't understand it, you know, up until then I just did everything by ear. Right. And, um, yeah, here I am now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> did you ever manage to, uh, get into bands like Meshuga or Candiria or guitarists like Alan Holdsworth? Alan Holdsworth is awesome. I, I don't know his music super well, but I have huge respect for him. I um, recommend Wardenclyffe Tower if you want to listen to any of his stuff. It's really good. That sounds familiar. I might have. Okay. Um, but I'll check that out. Um, you, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Ever since I um, – well, actually, let me backtrack. Uh, yes, about Meshuggah. I was never into them or any music with screaming until I got more into producing and engineering. Oh. It's interesting. Uh-huh. I, I've become a fan of a lot of different styles of music since doing that. I think what draws me in now is the production. Right. And then I appreciate it, and then I like the music, too. Hmm. Um, it's really different than how I used to listen to music before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think production nowadays, you know, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I love the clarity. I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of records are better produced today than they ever have been. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't stand the compression. Um, yeah. I really yeah. like to hear, you know, the warmth of the instruments in the music that I'm listening to because I feel like it adds life to it. That's yeah. something that I think your uh, band, the latest EP release, it definitely doesn't suffer from that. And um, good to you hear. Know, a lot of bands uh, don't, but, you know, you have some that do suffer from the loudness uh, mm-hmm. The loudness war that you get with any kind of like digital recording. Yep. You know, and that's something I know Wayne, you and I try to avoid, like the plague. So yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Alex knows that very well. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a better feel for what you're going for now. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Who, me in particular, or him? Oh, me. Oh, 
(laughs) The very first mix I did for them, I made it much more like um, very produced and loud. Yeah. And Wayne was just like, (laughs) (laughs) but now, now I think I have a good sense for, for what you get, what, what Wayne likes. So it sounds good on my car stereo. I'm I'm, on my car uh, stereo. That's the real test. That's good. That's always the test. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Every time you sent me a song, I, I went right out to the car. I said, if it sounds good in the car, it sounds good everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Ah, the true. Eddie Van Halen school of thought. Yeah. Yep, Blast that fucker till you can't anymore and see <laughs> if you enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's, and talking about Dream Theater, my brother is a huge Dream Theater fan, too. And mm. it's almost at a point where it's the only thing he listens to. I mean, he listens to other uh, stuff. But he always, what? What are you saying? What? I'm sorry. Some Dream Theater, Dream Theater fans are fucking obnoxious as hell. That's all oh, I'm going to say. They are. They are. My brother's very obnoxious. <laughs> I don't know your brother from Adam, but God, I mean, he was—he got really heavy into the Beatles too when he was younger and in school because they were teaching the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he got into the Beatles, every day, Beatles, 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 to the point where I was just like, "Please stop with the Beatles," you know. And then, then when he got into Dream Theater, then it was like, please stop with the Dream Theater, because then he would borrow my CDs, and I'd get them back completely scratched, and I couldn't hear them anymore. <laughs> oh. And uh, I, don't, I couldn't tell you how many I had to replace. Well, I made him replace them, but still, just like, oh, my God, he wouldn't stop. And then a few, years ago, a few years ago, when he had to move, um, you know, he got rid of all the CDs and everything, but he still wanted to borrow my Dream Theater stuff. I said, I'm not copying anything for you, but I'll buy you. They have like a box set of all the Dream Theater albums, well, yeah. most of them. So I bought him that. So he has his own copy. And I saw it in his car the other day, but it's like buried under a bunch of junk. <laughs> He's like, Wayne, can you give me the Yitzy Jam Records version of Number of the Beast, please? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. But uh, yeah, I, I love Dream Theater as well, but uh, not as much as uh, I used to. You know, they, they've changed, I think. Yeah, yeah. I still love Dream Theater also, but yeah, it's, it's right. different now. Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, what's your favorite band as of right now? Besides Project, Project Resurrect. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, if I'm being honest, I have had that album stuck in my head for a month straight now. Really? But, um, yeah, no, the songs are really catchy. I loved working on it. But uh, favorite? I'll, know, I'll, send, I'll send the money to you soon. Don't worry. <laughs> soon meaning in the next millennium. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Favorite band. You know, honestly, um Is it really hard for you to actually to listen to music because you're you're doing all these other bands producing them and everything? Is it hard for you to go out and listen to music now? Yes. Um <clears throat> yes. Uh like I feel like um I don't want to keep making this all about COVID. I'm I'm just saying like since uh-huh. then though. Um, I don't think we have a choice. I mean, it's been in our yeah, lives for a year world, now, right? so it's, it's we've yeah. been effed in the A in the last fifteen months because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what it is? The time that I used to take out for myself to listen to new music was when I was commuting. Right. Okay. And I used to constantly go back and forth on the trains from Brooklyn to Manhattan, Jersey to Manhattan, like back and forth. I had a, normally at least three or four hours of commuting each day. Right. And um, so that's when I would delve into music that I didn't already know. Right. And um, and sometimes Netflix, too. But um, <laughs> but since being in the lockdowns and like trying to stay productive and as you said, you know, I have like the three different bands doing stuff and then I have like the covers that we were working on. And then now, uh, you know, I was mixing other people's albums, including yours. And um, 
and then trying to take time to keep refining my craft at mixing also you know i just actually i feel like i don't really listen for enjoyment purposes a whole lot lately i have like a big stack not physically but like i have a huge list of albums that i want to get to mm-hmm. that have come out in the last you know 14 15 months or whatever but i haven't really made much uh, way through it yet even my favorite bands have not really um i haven't really digested their albums yet if I had to pick a favorite new band, though, I guess they're not new, but like compared to Dream Theater, they're new. Uh, Haken is definitely up I there. I know the name. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're they're really good. They're out of um, the UK, and um, they started off very much like Dream Theater. Also, um, you know, they're in like that modern progressive metal mm. uh, wave, and. Um, since then, they've really made their own sound, though. Like, they incorporated right. some gender into it and some other stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, I've been a big fan of theirs, and they put out a new album maybe about a year ago, something mm-hmm. like that, pretty early in um, the lockdown stuff. And I listened to it a couple of times so far, but for um, for me, especially with progressive music, I usually need at least, like, a dozen listens before I can really, like fully formulate my opinion right yeah it's just so dense of a music genre so Mm -hmm. um (laughs) i I mean i liked the first couple listens but i honestly if you turned on one of their songs right now from that album i wouldn't know right yeah you know i would say oh it sounds like haken but i don't know the song right yeah so yeah Yeah, that's one thing i have a problem with with like progressive music because it's it's you really have to pay attention yeah you know and if you're not in the mood for it it's just not going to click with you Absolutely, it happens with a lot of bands. You know, a lot of bands like that. But Mm -hmm. with your thing, yours clicked right away. So it was it was good to listen to yours. I I can listen to it. Actually, the the thing that you did send us listen to, um, it's hard to pick like a one song from it. You know, that's Mm -hmm. like a favorite. I think it has to be listened to as a whole thing. And it do is that purposely done that way for this? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, Tension rising. Like I said, we they kind of went through a whole lot of genre kind of shifts over the years, and mm. especially since my being involved, it shifted even more. Mm. Um, they never did any kind of like concept albums or like story albums. It was always just like a collection of songs, you know, right. like in, individual songs. And um, there's actually the singer, uh, Chris, who back when we were writing Penumbra, he had this idea um that he wanted to write like an epic mm. maybe like a 12 15 minute song something like that um about the horsemen of the apocalypse ah. and so that was his idea and um spoiler alert i mean that's what the upcoming album is. so we didn't get to really <laughs> heard here uh, right here on rat's out review oh, I, yeah. I thought it was about the four horsemen of wcw no just kidding Woo! it could be it could be that's a throwback um yeah so when we were doing penumbra it proved a little challenging to get that 12 to 15 minute song sounding in a way we were happy with especially like with the lockdowns and we weren't like really in the groove of how we were doing things and i felt like what we did come up with was not doing it justice Mm. and so we we had a talk and we were like you know this deserves better let's just not put it on the album and then we'll turn it into its own album like a short album and uh so we did we put out penumbra without it and um from there we took 
the material we had for that like 12 minute demo might have been 11 minutes at the time and uh broke it up got rid of the parts we didn't like refined things and then decided all right you know what instead of it being one song we're going to make it four songs one for each horseman and uh so we wrote the four songs and then i felt like you know what i like that there's one song per horseman but it's so um this idea of like the horseman of the apocalypse like if you're like really going to put your head in that to that space mm-hmm. you know it has to be cinematic yeah. you know it needs to be epic and cinematic and so that's when we kind of decided you know what we're going to do like an actual full-out intro and outro track also mm-hmm. um and when i i started sending the the guys some ideas it wasn't just like music a lot of it was like sound design you know, like getting like actual sounds of like horses and, um, you know, wind blowing, like trying to like actually set like sort of a mental image for the listener right. before the songs start. Yeah. And um, so that became a really fun project for me, like just building all of those soundscapes. And right. uh, yeah, so like the goal was to make it sort of, yeah, like you said, I think the best way to listen to it would be from front to end. Yeah. Um, I think that the four songs, not including the intro and outro, are pretty cool on their own too. But yeah, like I think it's best to listen in order. Yeah, yeah no, they they work on their own. But to understand the whole thing, you got I would listen to it from yeah, start to finish. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and I, like I, you said, with the cinematic cinematic stuff, it it really adds to the music. You yeah, know? agreed. It gives you I, more of a, a vision in your head. What mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I can't listen to it without listening to it from start to finish to all yeah. six songs. You know, it gives you this like. Really cool apocalyptic image, like blood red mm-hmm. skies, you know, uh, bodies dead in the streets. Jimmy Fallon as president, you know, like it's real apocalyptic <laughs> shit, and I, I love it. I, I just came by the Jimmy Fallon thing, but like I love the imagery that it was giving me, and uh, that's awesome. And if I could compliment uh, the song you did about war, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you did this consciously or not, but in the chorus, it really reminds me of the symphonic piece. Uh, Mars God of War, like because I hear the tritone in there. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that, I was just like, "Oh, I see what he did." And like maybe I'm thinking too much about it, or you know, no, no, you you caught it. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm all about nuggets like that. I mean, I think that just that's my roots in Prague and like sneaking little things in and stuff. Yeah, so you I, caught it. That's, that's cool. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Nice. Spoiler alert, too late. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you can cut that out if you have to. It's okay. No, I think that's up to Alex. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, let, it, them, it, let them look forward to the tritone. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> it's it. good. It's worth it. It is. <laughs> Definitely is. And I can't wait to. What do you plan on? Like, if. What do you plan on doing with this? Like, if, yeah. if a record label doesn't come to you or whatever, what do you plan on doing? We're probably going to give it some more time. Um, cause I mean, we are having a little bit of talks, uh, right now and nothing concrete, but there's at least the beginnings of some talks, but if, if nothing like, uh, works out the way that we want it to, uh, mm. with like deals that we're happy with or anything, then yeah, we'll self-release it sometime this year. Mm. Um, we do already have a lot of like the promotional materials made already. Oh, okay. Uh, we have four lyric videos already fully oh, wow. like finished and they're, they're much more, um, I think the imagery really um, goes along quite well with yeah. the, like the sound effects and stuff. It's pretty locked in with that 
Um, cool. So that's pretty cool. And um, yeah, so uh, we'll see. We don't exactly have a full game plan yet. It's kind of up in the air, <laughs> yeah. um, depending how you know how the cards fall over the next month. Or right. Two. Well, hopefully things go good. Um, yeah. So that you have another band that you showed me. Yes. And this one is fairly new, right? Very new. Very yeah. new. And even Stan, uh, bring back Stan to the show again. He should just came on the show. Talk about him some. We got to get Stan on here. Yeah. <laughs> he can wear like a mask on his face. I know he don't like. Why don't you just put a graphic of Stanley the Rat and they'd be like, "There's Stan right there." <laughs> I should. Actually, that that's that rat was named after Stanley. Funny. <laughs> How original. I know. <laughs> I almost named my son because my, uh, my son's first name is Paul. I wanted to name him. Uh, Paul Stanley. My wife would let me do it. Ah, uh, okay. Ooh. I can see that. <laughs> and then Stan told me it was a terrible idea. Paul Stanley <laughs> of Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Ralph Vieira. Yeah. But where was I? Even? Oh, so he ended up naming your, your band. Yes, he did. So, um, yeah. It's, it's actually like kind of a surprisingly simple story. Mm. Um, me and Gail my partner and Stan were at a diner mm-hmm. hanging out, which, uh, you know, before lockdowns we did pretty often. And, mm-hmm. um, we were telling Stan, uh, you know what? No, I'm telling this out of order. He was just saying, you know, it would be a cool, funny band name mm-hmm. for you guys. And we were, we didn't even have a band yet at this time. Mm-hmm. Plant-based metal, because we were telling him that, like, we were thinking about maybe trying going, you know, vegetarian or vegan, you know, whatever. Like, we were thinking about it at the time, yeah. and um, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that was like I've never had a funny band name before, right? And so I, I just I cracked up at it. So did Gail. So we kind of kept that <laughs> in the back of our minds, and then when we did actually come up with some music. We're like, you know, that just feels right. Let's just go with it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he, it, he it named worked. the band. <laughs> <laughs> does he want royalties now if you ever get He picked? does not. He, Stan, <laughs> aside from being a creative mastermind, he's a very generous person. Yeah, so yeah, he does not yeah. want anything. Yeah. So. This is the Stan Appreciation Show. Yes, the Stan Appreciation <laughs> Show. We love you, Stan. We <laughs> <Yes>, we do. <laughs> Uh, and um, this, I also believe too, this is your your uh, girlfriend's um, first time singing in a band or anything. Does she want to join on the show so we could talk to her or no? Uh, not, not today. <clears throat> not today. Not today. Uh, right. Maybe another time. Next though. time. Uh, yeah. one, once we have some more music coming, maybe. Right. Um, but sorry, uh, what was the question? I don't even remember. Uh, is this uh, the first Brian time she's? Metal. Oh right, right. Okay. <laughs> the first time um, she started singing. Yeah. It's not her first time singing. Uh, mm. She's been doing musical theater her whole life. Oh, okay. Um, but it's the first time that she did original music where she, like, wrote it. Oh, okay. Um, so it was uh, pretty cool. It was, it mm. was a fun experience to be involved with that. Yeah. Um, she's really talented. And, um, you know, there's, like, tons of people who are, like, fantastic performers but never delved into making their own music. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool to kind of just be able to be part of that. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's like totally out of genre for her. I was going to um, say, does she even like metal or 
What's her usual genre? Well, so she doesn't like dislike metal or anything. She likes some. Um, I wouldn't say that she's like um, a knowledgeable metalhead or anything <laughs> like that. But yeah, but she, but she she knows some, and she definitely listens to more since knowing me. But um, but yeah, it was I think extra challenging for her because not only was it her first time writing music, um, like vocal melodies and whatnot. But it was too, like, almost progressive metal, right. sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little out there. But I think um, she enjoys a good challenge. And so um, she, she tackled it. And, uh, yeah, it was it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it came out really good. Uh, you show, I think you showed me two videos, right? Two lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have two songs that are out so far. There's a couple more that are in the works. Yeah. Now, is it just on? Because you show me the YouTube. Is it on Spotify or? or uh, yeah, iTunes? yeah. Okay. Both of those uh, plant-based metal songs and all future ones will be on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Amazon, etc. Yeah. Oh, awesome! Very cool. So everybody needs to definitely go check that out. I think it's uh, it's really something unique too. It's it's not something, uh, you know, it's in a progressive uh, genre, but it's all like with her vocals, you do like a little something different with the way yeah. she like sings them. But I. I don't really hear ever hear something like that, you know, with other bands, you know. So I think it's um, it's very unique sounding. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, right. so it works really good, and it fits with the name and everything. So it's, it's really cool. <laughs> Just found it. Two singles on iTunes. Perfect. <laughs> more on the way. Good. How much more? Are you going to plan on putting an album out at some point, or you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we'll do a full like a album, single? or I think it'll just be singles over time. Yeah. Um, we have at least a few singles that are in the works. They're all various stages of done. Mm. Um, they're sort of on the back burner at this moment, mostly because finally, like the world's starting to open up again a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, with trying to get back to work and everything, you know, some of the. The fun stuff has to, you know, take a back seat, as we all know. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's in the works. Uh, definitely, this year there'll be some more plant-based metal. Awesome! Very cool. Now, um, just to get wrapping this up here, do you, how important do you think it is to like have an album this day and age? I, you know, because like with Spotify and streaming and everything, and an idiot from Spotify, you know, with mm-hmm. the way he he pays bands, you know, and mm-hmm. he's like, you know, bands should put out songs every month or whatever to you know keep their their income coming in but mm-hmm. you know realistically a lot of bands can't do that stuff so like yeah. do you think albums are really important anymore or like how do you feel about it i guess my answer is like twofold um mm-hmm. i think unfortunately they are less important than they were before mm-hmm. that's like part a yeah. and part b is that I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, especially coming from the prog world. I mean, all of my favorite albums would have never existed if it was a world of only singles. You know, right? Yep, yep. Um, so that's maybe a bit of a grim future for that kind of music. Mm. Um, hopefully, people love it enough to still seek albums out. You know, right? But I, I think that maybe the happy medium for probably all musicians, but definitely people in the metal world is to maybe try both. You know, you put out an album and then you have some singles in between. Yeah. It's more work though. It's tough. It's tough. It is. Just like a band that we had on last week. They just released an album, uh, the band Skyliner. 
And mm-hmm. um, they did it with the last album that they did. They released the EP afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. so they're kind of doing album and then like an EP, some different type stuff in between each album, I guess, because, you know, just to keep the band yeah. out, in the, out out uh, in the open, you know, to, to yeah. keep the band out there. So people know that they're still doing stuff and everything. And uh, that helps, too, you know. Yeah. But to, yeah. to see everything is like, you know, about singles now. I mean, it sounds to me because, you know, look at all the shit I got behind me. Those yeah, albums, I know. You know, I, and know. I couldn't think One. of just listening to singles all the time. Something that I think a uh, band should look into is definitely, you know, copyrighting their music, being self-published, and when it's time for you to press albums, instead of going the usual route of 1,000 or 2,000 copies, just print 500 because right. it's a lot easier to reprint 500 than it is to get rid of 1,000, you right. know, just right. it, adaptation to today's music yeah. industry. And just being smarter about certain decisions will, I think, will will help bands go a long way. Absolutely. And uh, Alex, for the record, I am someone who still loves physical media. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when the uh, album comes out, uh, please don't send me a copy. I will buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, no, um, we definitely still want to get physical copies made for the upcoming one. We didn't for Penumbra, at mm-hmm. least not yet. Although we probably will once we're actually back to doing shows. Um, we just, you know, honestly, during the lockdowns and stuff, we had to kind of allocate our resources where we could, you know. Um, the main place you sell CDs is at your performances. So right. yeah. without performances, we figured, well, you know what, let's put that money towards the next album and, um, you know, we'll worry about printing later. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep, which is unfortunately the things that us little bands have to do, you know. Yep, yep. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully it ends up working out in the end and everything. So that's mm-hmm. all that we can hope for. Uh, I do agree with what you said, though, um, that, you know, printing less is the way to go. Yeah. Um, you know, it took At least you have something. That, that's like what... Um, like with, with my with my band, you know all the shit that's going on with my both of you know. <laughs> no uh, comment. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're printing just three hundred CDs, but at least that's something, you know. Yeah. I've already had people message me, you know, when are you gonna have a CD? Are you gonna have a CD? Mm-hmm. And you know, somebody was against it, but knowing I know there's people that still buy the physical things. Yeah. So yeah. you have to have them. You have to look at the physical media purchasing public. Right. As separate from the mainstream music public. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So don't ever think just because you have a band and an album and people are going to listen to it on Spotify that they're not going to want a physical thing. Because sometimes, for some God-known reason, uh, something just dis- disappears from Spotify or iTunes or, or whatever. You know, just for no reason. And then it's gone forever. And then you can't find the CD. And, and Lou, we've went through all this before. You know, it's just actually we're going through that right now with Infinite Spectrum. One of the albums really? is not on um, Spotify right now because, really? like the the contract with the label ended. You know, it was how, five years, I guess. Mm. And um, so now we have to put it up. So okay. like it's in queue to go back up right now. Right. Yeah, a lot of times it takes a few weeks or whatever. So. Yeah. yeah, it actually took a month for mine to go up. I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, yeah. That's how. Actually, that's <laughs> about a long how time. long it took for Tension Rising too. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. But it's fun, you know. I I do like 
Uh, well, because now, you know, like my new car, it, it doesn't have a CD player in there. Bless you, by the way, wherever that was. Uh, <laughs> so, but it's nice to be able to just take my phone and, and my album is on there. Everybody's albums are on there. So it's cool for it at, at, you know, for that reason. But to have it, uh, an, an actual physical thing is way better. You know, it also sounds better too. Right. Yeah. Boy, if she's you're, got an allergy attack, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Allergies have been really bad lately. Let me tell you, I have been yeah. suffering so much. Yeah. Um, I had been off of allergy medicine for years. I am back on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, what was I going to say? Uh, <laughs> Get her some <laughs> Zyrtec. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh yeah, right. The streaming. Yeah, yes. I read just like a day or two ago that like now some of the streaming services are adding the the HD audio. Oh yeah, yeah. Amazon has that now. Yeah, but it's interesting because I, I think the one I read was that Apple's adding it. But mm-hmm. even the most expensive Apple uh, headphones that they offer don't um, do it. Really? Yeah, just... doesn't well. support it. Well. So like. You might actually even put like the HD recordings onto your phone thinking, all right, well, I'm going to hear the HD version. But if you're using certain devices, it still won't happen. Interesting. I only discovered that recently. I'm an audio engineer and I didn't even know that like (laughs) some devices don't support it. I I didn't know that. I thought like, you know, as long as you have good headphones, it'll just reproduce what it's supposed to. I don't think it would matter, but yeah. That's how they make their money. There's always something new that you got to buy. You want to hear HD music, you got to buy this one. Yeah. Exactly. That's how the world works. Right, Lou? <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> All right. Alex, where can we find every single band that you do? Oh. Uh, well. And the ones you don't do. <laughs> all in one place. I don't think there is all in one place. Well, I suppose you could look my website up, alexrepetti.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, I don't know if everything is there. But I know that there's at least social media links on there that will send you off to Spotify. So I think at least a lot of it would be there. Okay. But, yeah, uh, if you're looking for the three different bands that I do, uh, I think your best bet, I guess, is to just look them up one by one. <laughs> they all have um, .coms so. or are they just on Facebook? Uh, well, all three are on Facebook. That's for okay. sure. Uh, tensionrisingband.com. Mm-hmm. Because, right. of course, the, the other one was taken. Right. Uh, it's infinitespectrum.net. Okay. Uh, we had that one a long time. Yeah. Uh, the people who had the .com tried selling it to us for 15 grand. <laughs> Jeez. Um, it's a <laughs> vacant website. It? It's yeah. just a vacant website. Oh, wow. Someone right. bought it at some point. Uh, before we were a band. And uh, Plant Based Metal does not have a website yet, but we do have a Facebook page. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. You need, you need to get a link tree. I have a link tree. So you know what? If you look me up on link tree, uh, I would be there. Oh. But uh, hmm. I'm going to have to do that. That's good advice. <laughs> See, we always have good ideas with each other. This is what I like. This is the things that I like. I have link trees for each band, but I don't have one for me. It's got one link tree. Yeah. It has everything you do on it. Yeah, I got to do that. That's Make it idea. very simple for everybody. Right, Lou? That's what I did. And I threw on RotsideReview.com and oh, the YouTube channel on that, too. Because I represent my people. That's right. 
And I just, by the way, I just put you on the website, so now you can see a loose picture on the bottom. I did see it. Yeah, I just updated that yesterday. Still got some I just stuff looked to do. yesterday. <laughs> well, I have to look probably. it up. Yeah, Wayne probably created an OnlyFans for me too. Anyways, no, Uh-oh. I didn't want to. Say <laughs> you are now officially on the website. Now I have to officially put you on the intro of the show. Oh yeah, get my face up. Nah, you don't have to. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would be in there somewhere, but you're not. So I have to really. No, no, I'm the afterthought. Just like okay. when my daddy had that bottle of booze, and then I was, you know. <laughs> Popped out nine months later. Twelve months after my last brother. It's okay. I'm the happy accident. Uh, oh, somebody love me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lou. What? Uh, what's your new show? What's going on with you? Oh man, so many good things going on. So I just interviewed Baby Ghost, who is this great alternative artist. Definitely a bit on the. Uh, progressive political spectrum, but we didn't talk politics. And, you know, I really do like her music. And, you know, I believe in what she's doing. I think she's really good at what she does. And I got her. I'm still um, editing the episode that I did with Images of Eden. Tomorrow, I'm interviewing uh, Rob Castoria of the band Marauder, the uh, oh, yeah. now New York hardcore band Marauder. Yep. What I'm call them. And, you know, Rob's a cool guy. So looking forward to speaking with him. And I'm from the band Leeway. I actually got, oh, I should say Eddie Leeway got in touch with me. And he actually said, hey, why don't we do an episode of your podcast where we talk about Astoria, you know, our hometown and what it was like growing up in there and and music and stuff. And I said, I'd be honored to have him. So got a lot of good stuff happening with Music is Life podcast. And uh, again, Wayne, I can't thank you enough because, you know, you were like the first guy to believe in what I was doing. And now I'm on the show too, so you know it's it's definitely expanded me to you know a new audience, and I appreciate that. And I only want Music Is Life and Rats Live Review to grow together, so this is why I have you on my link tree. And um, <laughs> if you guys want to check out more, check out MusicIsLifePodcast.com. Very cool, man. You're a busy, busy man. I not enough hours to sleep in a day. No, there's not. <laughs> But you can go find Rat Sound Review at RatSoundReview.com. We're also on Spotify, uh, iTunes, and Facebook. Just look up Rat Sound Review. It'll come up there. Just do a little search on Google or whatever you want to use. And, um, yeah, I think that's it, right? That's it. That's it. Oh, no, that is not it. I didn't promote this. Well, wait, there's more. There's more. Project oh, Resurrection. Ah. <laughs> Alex Rapetti. I got your name even on the back. See that, Alex? Somewhere here. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Right there. So yeah, put your name in there. Thank you. See? So people know who to go to. to Wait a minute. Mix. You spelled it wrong. You didn't put the umlaut over the E. He doesn't have one. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> so, this way, everybody knows who to have mix their album and master it and everything. And uh, it will come out sounding great, just like that does. And even Alex's band's Infinite Spectrum and uh, Tension plant Rising metal. and Plant-Based Metal. Everything sounds awesome. Thank make you. make your shit sound awesome, too. Bye. Alex Rapetti. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you very much, Alex, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Alex, you're hired. I'll talk to you for like a a half hour about something. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Great being here. See you later, guys. Bye.
What?